You're listening to the sermon cast of First Presbyterian Church Spartanburg. To watch the full video of this worship service and to learn more about the ministries of our church, visit us online at fpcspartanburg.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Friends, hear now a reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 1 through 12. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and they delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They want God on their side. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. You fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked, to cover them and to not hide yourself from your own kin? For it is then that your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call. And the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and God will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in the parched places. Make your bones strong and you will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to live in. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Holy God, come and fill our hearts with peace. Let your spirit be alive that we may hear where you are calling us this day. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Life in the fast lane. I can imagine when you read that in your bulletin or you just heard me say those words, the title of this sermon probably had your mind jump to one of two things. Either you thought of the Eagles' 1977 hit, Life in the Fast Lane, or 
you consider the left lane of the interstate, one where some of you might be zooming in a destination to your car and for others of you may be something you avoid completely altogether. And after hearing this morning's scripture reading from Isaiah, there's a good chance you might be saying to yourself, John Daniel, what does the fast that Isaiah speaks of have to do with the speed of life and vehicle that the eagles are referring to? And that's an excellent question. Let's dive in. My whole life, I have traveled to Atlanta to visit my grandparents who live on the north side in Sandy Springs. And for two years, I lived there while at seminary in Decatur. And I would wager a bet to say that traffic is in many of your top three descriptors of the city of Atlanta. No matter the direction you're entering from, you will know, oh, you will know that you're entering the sphere of Atlanta's influence well before seeing that skyline. And it doesn't seem to just be the sheer number of cars and people that are driving on the interstate. No, there's, I don't know, pe people drive a, a particular way in Atlanta. If you know, you know. There's bound to be someone in the far left lane going far too slow, and they've had their right turn signal on for over a mile. <laughs> and if this is you, I'm not attacking you, I'm just naming it. There's a fancy sports car or a motorcycle that's weaving in and out all six lanes of heavy traffic. There's the convoy of semi-trucks racing to meet a delivery deadline who are in the fast lane when they're not supposed to be in the fast lane. And there's a Pennsylvania license plate that didn't realize the three far right lanes are for exiting onto 85, but to stay on 75, you need to be on the left side. It's chaos. It's chaos. When the COVID pandemic hit in, in March of 2020, and it sent us into exile from one another. I was still living in Atlanta and actually went and moved in with my grandmother for a few months. And she left me and went to the cabin, uh, but I still needed to be in Atlanta for Wi-Fi. And so there were times where I was alone in that house and I said, I need to get out. And so I would go for a drive. And I'd find myself there on 285 on the Beltway, oh, in a state of bliss. <laughs> Never seen anything like it. You probably won't ever again. There was no one on this interstate, this big hunking piece of concrete that is usually bumper to bumper. I didn't, again, really prefacing, hear this, I did not, but I could have. I could have easily merged across all six lanes, back and forth, without even checking a mirror. No signal, no nothing. It was peaceful. And again, if you go to Atlanta today, Hop on 85, go on, three hours-ish. You're not gonna experience that, no way. The traffic there in Atlanta, it's returned to its pre-pandemic ways. Business as usual. Open your maps and you'll see. There's bound to be a stretch of red, yellow, orange, somewhere, somewhere in the Atlanta metropolitan area. I challenge you to do it after church, even on a Sunday afternoon. Now it would be entirely more efficient if life was like driving in Atlanta during the quarantine months, if there weren't people in our way slowing us down, if we could focus solely on our needs, on our wants, 
Yeah, life would be good just zooming away with leisure. But that, <laughs> that's not where God calls us. No, the reality is that even though driving in Atlanta is more often than not frustrating and time-consuming, we share the interstate, and we share the road of life with others who we depend on, right? There are teachers, and there are doctors, and nurses, and lawyers. We share the road of life with truck drivers, both those who are picking up our garbage and our waste and those who are delivering food and medicines and materials for housing and clothing and shelter. There are parents and there are grandparents and there are college students who are racing home to see their loved ones. All of that, all those people, all in one place. See, God, God calls us into the messiness the down and dirty of one another's lives. God calls us to a life in the fast lane, which is the lane of relationship and community. And that's not easy because it's exhausting to have to work continually outside of ourselves, to live with a steady awareness of others, of what our sibling or neighbor, what they need, what they need in their struggle and in their pain, in their celebration and in their joys. The prophet's words, they're pertinent here. Isaiah's words, oh, they're timely to this world that we live in. And it's important to understand this context into which he's speaking to the Israelites. You see, the Israelites have returned from exile. They've returned to Jerusalem after decades and centuries of being outcasts in a foreign land. And they've come home, they've reunited, and they're working together, seemingly, to rebuild the sacredness of what was. They're back in the holy city. They're striving for the God who covenanted with them since Abraham by living righteously, or so they thought. As the people of God, as faithful Jewish people, they're doing everything that is foundational to that faith. They abide by the acts expected of worship. They follow the religious laws set forth in Leviticus. They're fasting, they're praying, they're reading the Torah, they're offering burnt offerings. And yet, yet, the Israelites do not experience the restoration that they seek. They cry out to God, you heard them, why are you ignoring us? Are we not doing that which is asked? Are we not your people? Have you abandoned us yet again? And through the prophet, God exclaims, you do none of this for me. This, this isn't what I've called you to. Look, you serve your own interest on your fast day. All of their efforts towards righteousness, towards seeking God, well, they're, they're deeply, deeply rooted. Their efforts are sown in the individual. The people are of that mindset that they're driving on an empty interstate. The Israelites are living life in the fast lane where merging is seamless, and there's no need for brakes, there's no need for turn signals, 
There's not even a reason to have a horn. But that isn't the life on that interstate which God has created. Life doesn't have an empty road. Even when it can feel like it, life is not an empty road. It's such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself. Friends, the fast lane that God calls us into, woo, it's rush hour traffic. Yeah. God calls us to look around at others in that traffic and to not see enemies, but to see siblings. God calls us to a fasting way of life that connects us to one another. It connects us for restorative justice and transformational relationship, yes, for ourselves, but really for the world. In our hopes of restoration and healing, we're to seek God not in the absence of people, but in their presence. How different would it look? Really, truly imagine this and try this next time that you find yourself in a traffic jam. Sit there and go, say to yourself, well, we're all in this together, and that's God. Even if you gotta say something before that, just to get it out of the way, come to that point of saying, we are all in this together, and there is God. And I'm not saying you have to love the traffic, nope. You probably shouldn't. You might be a little weird if you did. And you'd especially be weird if you prayed for the traffic. But that's okay. The call of God, it means that when that traffic inevitably piles up in our individual and in our collective lives, we're supposed to be agents of love and justice, not division. We're supposed to connect. Has been mentioned and Parker came up here to share about scouting and we had Will read the first scripture and they marched in. Today is Boy Scout Sunday across the country and I know in some places around the world. Today we recognize the commitment of boys and young men who are bettering themselves for the sake of their community. The peak of being a Boy Scout, as I've learned and know, is attaining Eagle Scout status as Parker has done this year, as well as Thomas Van Vliet, and I know there are many of you who are Eagle Scouts out there. They are incredible people, both the, the ones I just named, but all those who seek this Eagle Scout, they, they've accomplished something. And I was curious what people had to say about the purpose of an Eagle Scout project or the meaning of being an Eagle Scout. When I looked it up, it said, you know, being an Eagle Scout is important because it requires immense hard work, dedication, and service to others. It gives teens and youth something to strive for and instills confidence, leadership, but most importantly, it is a learning of commitment to community. The Eagle Scout embraces that hard work of driving in the fast lane of life with all of God's people, seeking their welfare, seeking their well-being. The Eagle Scout looks beyond themselves and works tirelessly to see to it that God's restorative justice, God's love made known in Jesus Christ is made known to the world. They work to connect the children of God to one another and to their creator, to the creation. 
in our pursuit of relationship and care for one another, that's how we seek God. In our clothing of the naked, in our nourishment of the hungry, there God's light shines. In our escape from the prison of selfish individuality, in a fleeing of freedom into holy and beloved community. It is there in that place that God hears our cries and responds, here I am. Life in the fast lane, everything, all the time. Friends, will you please pray with me? Creator God, God of community, we give you thanks that you call us into the places we don't want to go because it is, it is there in that fast lane in the way that you see the world that we come to know truly the love, grace, and mercy that is offered in Christ. Continue to fill us with the wisdom and courage to step into the messiness of one another's lives that we might grow closer together, that we might be the beloved community of the church that you seek, and that we might come to know who you are in this world. We pray this all in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen.